Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Honored again, honored to have Pastor Tony Miller with me. We've been going through the fruits of the Spirit. Good morning to you, Pastor Miller. Well, it's a good day, and we certainly rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. He's given us another day to live for Him. Yes, and whenever someone says rejoice in the Lord, I immediately go back to Ron Hamilton singing Rejoice. Isn't that a wonderful song? Yeah, it is. You know, Christian music done godly, done right, uh, can really complement a relationship with God. It just, uh, it's complimentary. It's part of worship. It's wonderful. But Christian music done wrong can mess you all up. It can can hop you right back into that car listening to Led Zeppelin or something. Well, you know, where we're at in Galatians 5 is where through the years I've told people to go to. If you're wondering if your philosophy of the music you're listening to or, or the feel of the music you're listening to, you know, music has texture. It does. It creates emotion. It creates a spirit. Yeah. In you. And I said, if you're wondering whether it's good or bad, just go read these passages and define the words of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And it gets real clear to people when they go through and do a biblical study that way, analyzing their media intake, whether it's movies or things they're reading, is the content focusing on works of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit? Yeah, in this, in not only in the philosophy, oh, yeah. but in the style in which it's presented, and that, like you say, good music done in the right way is a mighty tool. Martin Luther said, "We're going to sing the Reformation into the hearts of the people." What a mighty God we serve! <laughs> yeah, and a mighty fortress is our God. Uh, there came we go. Out there. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's a. Uh, thinking about Martin Luther. And, you know, music has a texture. Music has a culture. And uh, I got to tell you, folks, I have got to be in the culture and the ethos crowd of God and godliness. And uh, when I walk away from a song, I had had a professor say to me one time, he said, when you walk away from listening to something, are you closer to God? Mm. Uh, You know, did it help, you know, bring your worship to a good place? And uh, that really made me think. And so, folks, we've been moving on with the fruits of the Spirit, and today we're going to joy. So we want to start with our word of the day being joy. And uh, I love that verse in James 2. As a matter of fact, I, I've been working on a booklet for a church that we're going to next weekend. Uh, we're actually doing a workshop Wednesday through Sunday. And, uh, and this one verse always comes up, this James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy sure. when you fall into uh, diverse temptation, when those trials come and when life, when, when things get thrown at you sideways. And, and God says, count that joy because there's something good that's going to come out of that. Uh, God doesn't waste a trial. He doesn't waste these tribulations we go mm. through in life. Mm. He, doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't waste this junk we go through in life. That's, that's not our God. 
Our God uses all this for joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in Philippians 4.4. 4. Pastor was just quoting out of Philippians. A merry heart over there in Proverbs 17, just a couple chapters to the left of where we're at now. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. I want to have that merry heart. And uh, I want to be that joyful person, Pastor. And you, you mm-hmm. think of that word joy, and we think of joy in the God joy in the Lord. You said rejoice in the Lord. Again, thinking back to that Ron Hamilton song. And um, I want to rejoice in the Lord. That's where I want to find my joy. Yeah. uh, Proverbs 29, six, we had talked about being in Proverbs, but I want to just read it in the transgression of an evil man. There is a snare, but the righteous does sing and rejoice. That snare, folks, it's a trap. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to tell you what. Well, sin causes you to get into an emotional destructive trap. It does. But a righteous person, a holy person, they're happy. They're blessed. And uh, this is what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in Christian's heart. He's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that he's pure, and he tries to produce that purity that's not in the works of the flesh in the chapter 5 and verse 17 through 19 he says uh, i want to produce joy in your life that's what i'm about and if you ever stop and think about this god is the happiest person in the universe wow and you know if, if you're serving god and if god is your stuff how can you be anything but happy i i went to a funeral about two or three years ago i preached a funeral and uh, before I got up, there was uh, a gentleman got up, and, and I always love that when somebody gives a testimony of someone's life or a eulogy. You know, they just get up and say, you know, I've known Doug. And, and, uh, but anyway, the church just broke into laughter. This man had lived 89 years of his life. He was a pastor. And his eulogy, I mean, his life was this beautiful roller coaster. You know the journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the brother would get up there and a few tears would come out and say, you know, I remember the time, and it was his son. I remember the time we went through this, and that was hard. And then I remember a couple days later, and, uh, you know, my, my dad would go on these prayer walks and stuff. And I, I came home, he was out laughing on the porch <laughs> and praying. And he said, man, there was joy there. there yeah. There's something there. And, uh, boy, it was so easy uh, to stand up and testify of God's greatness when your life has been a picture of the fruits of the Spirit. And when you talk about love, you land on joy. Yeah, and let me just say, uh, connected to this joy, I'm going to give a little Greek lesson today, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, I, I prefer there, it, yeah. Yeah, there is a word called charis, where we get the girl's name charis, and that's the word for grace, unmerited favor. Wow. Okay. And then we see another word that goes along with this time of the year. We're going to have Thanksgiving this month. Yeah. All right. Well, the word eucharistao is I give thanks. And let me say this, Pastor. Yes. This is the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. So as they're listening to this podcast broadcast, this is the day before Thanksgiving in their lives. Yeah. And so we see grace is charis, but... I give thanks is eucharisteo, and that literally means to think well of grace. Mm. To remember grace and how good God has been in his grace to us. And then the next word that follows in the line is not charis or eucharisteo, it's kara. 
And it's where we get the word Kara, a girl's name, and that's translated joy. <laughs> These three are interrelated. The line of them is, when I receive God's grace, that's unmerited favor. But when I get to thinking about that and appreciating the goodness of God in his giving grace, I become thankful and I start expressing thanks. And you know what the result of that is? Kara, joy. Man, we need that joy, don't okay, we? So I would just say, here's a good song. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Pull out that sheet of paper. <laughs> say, my blessings are. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. But a lot of people don't have joy in their life because they're focused on the negative. They're focused on the politics. They're focused on the wars. They're focused on the works of the flesh. But when we come and start focusing on God's fruit, the fruit of the Spirit and all the good works God's done and is doing, that's where we get joy. It is. I, I remember years ago, I was part of the presidential inauguration for President uh, William Jefferson Clinton. And uh, I remember I was, you know, over the course of, it was an this additional duty. And over the course of a couple months, we practiced things. We did things, mm -hmm. you know. We had to be in place. At one point, we had to be in civilian clothes to walk behind the Secret Service and President Clinton. We were, we were just basically these human sandbags that would block an attack or something. I was actually supposed to block anything that would hit President Clinton. First, I was assigned Mrs. Clinton. And uh, then they decided that I was big enough to be to cover uh, him, to cover him. <laughs> and the guy who was on Mrs. Clinton, who was who was on President Clinton. Anyway, they made the switch the day of, and they probably had it planned the whole time. But I remember I was standing there, and I, and I was just depressed. I had just loved, you know, I I was there in town, and and I had just loved President George H. W. Bush, and uh, I I remember thinking to myself, man, it's all over. You know, I mean, the end of the world. I mean, we're losing this great man, you know, his wife who made me cookies, uh, this great lady, this great family. And, and I remember I was saying, this guy walked up to me and he said, and I, and I was, I had just made, I was an E8 at the time. And this guy walked up to me and he said, hey, Top, you're looking a little down. He said, I was there. He said, but you know how I got out of it? I said, no, how'd you get out? Now, this was before I had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He said, I went to the book. <laughs> and... Uh, he went he's, to the Bible. Yeah, he said, I went to the book. And he said, I was in the book this morning. And, you know, we win. God wins. This is going to be all right. This is part of God's plan. God's we, still in control. Yeah. And I remember he comforted me, even though I wasn't saved, mm. you know. But but just hearing God's plan and, and the things we go through in life and knowing that, you know, here's this man looking at me. I went to the book. And, and when yeah. I got to the book, he said, this helped me. This, this, this helped me today. And he said, we're just going to go out and do the best job we can. And he said, if this silly guy, because he wasn't supposed to get out of his car until 100 yards from the White House. And he looked at me and he said, and this was this lieutenant colonel I was talking to. He said, if this silly knucklehead gets out of his car a half mile out and someone shoots him, he said, I'm going to take the bullet. He said, because uh, that's what we do. And he says, I know you do the same thing. And anyway, they swapped us right after that. He ended up on Hillary and I, I ended up on Bill. We were back a long ways. It was secret. 
Secret Service or Capitol Police. I mean, we're just last minute, this idiots with machine guns somewhere around mm. type of people. And, uh, but I never forgot that. I never forgot that we, we look to God. We don't look to the things of this world. Folks, listen, we're going to be right back with you. We got to go ahead and pause this broadcast for a minute and uh, allow the stations to do what the stations do. But we're coming right back. Well, folks, we appreciate you hanging around and waiting for us. And uh, Pastor's going to go ahead and share a quote with us about this. And I'm so glad we're here talking about joy. You know, there's so many things we could be listening to right now or doing right now. But this joy is a wonderful thing. You know, you were depressed that day because you thought it was all over. Yeah. And a lot of times we watch the news, we look at political elections, and we get all discouraged. But God has not been put off the throne ever. And I got this quote from some pastor friends that I'd like to share. Please. The hope of America is not the White House, but the church house. The hope of the world is not America, but God. There it is right there. And the hope of America is the church. And we need to get back to that church house, don't we? Where the word of God is given, the book. You talked about that man saying, I got back in the book. And if the church houses would preach the book... Our people would have more joy in their hearts, glorying in the sovereign God who's still on the throne. Yeah, and this this man was one of uh, uh, General, uh, uh, the gentleman there, he was the Secretary of State, uh, Powell. He was one of General Powell's best friends. Mm. And uh, But I'll never forget, he came over, he put his hand on my back, because I had met him over there with General Powell, but he put his hand on my back, he said, no worries here, friend. No worries here. And uh, boy, I want to be that. Because when you have joy, you spread it. You bet. You're focused on God's work and the fruit of the Spirit, and you're going to have it, and the Holy Spirit wants to produce that. There's a power in joy because the cycle that we talked about of charis, grace, eucharistel, giving thanks, produces more joy. And the more joy I have, the more I recognize God's grace. And there's a cycle that's a powerful cycle. And this is really where the unmerited pardon of God comes from, but also the unmerited power of God. A lot of people don't have power in their lives. I think it's because they're not experiencing this Thanksgiving cycle out of grace to joy, to more recognition of grace, to more Thanksgiving. There's a power in that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. There it is, folks, and there, there's something powerful about that. And I, I was just looking up the antonym or the opposite of joy because when you have joy, you're not paranoid. When you have joy, your marriage is going okay. When you have joy, your neighbors like you. When you have joy, your kids say, man, I got some good parents because God yeah. gives us joy. It's a, it's a God-given gift. It's part of the fruits of the Spirit. But, you know, there's people who are saved, Pastor. There are people who are, have the opposite of this or misery or despair. And when you live in misery and when you live in despair, and I'm saying this from personal experience, I'm, I'm not shooting at anybody, you know, because uh, we've all been there. We've all been on that despair drive we have in, in Misery Mountain Road. Mm-hmm. But, but when, we, when we're in misery, when we're in despair, when we were like I was on that day in 1993, where Bill Clinton took the office. Um, 
when we're there, paranoia shows up. When we're there, the devil uh, punches every one of our bruises over and over again, keeps hitting us, keeps yeah. firing at us because we're not wearing our armor. And we begin to think people around us are, are talking about how they're going to blow up our country or world or, or maybe something even a little more micro than that. Boy, people are bad-mouthing us. People, people don't like me. I mean, when you get to the antonym of joy, when you allow the devil to creep in and you're not having that spirit, boy, you go to a bad place. Paranoia shows up, brother. Yeah, if we're focused on whether we're liked or I like myself – Instead of, I like God, and I'm thankful to him, we're going to lose our joy. Yeah. We are. And so the key is keeping that focus on God's grace. Yeah. And just thanking God for it. And I uh, would like to just say, I had a mother this way. Yeah. My mother was known as a jolly lady or a happy lady. Praise God. Yeah. And... That's a gift right there. Oh, what a blessing it was to us children growing up. And I can't say that I was always a happy camper because whenever I was trying to make myself happy, produce happiness in my life, seeking happiness and pleasure for myself, I was in the works of the flesh. Yeah. I was seeking giving myself pleasure rather than giving God pleasure. And I was unhappy a lot, particularly my late teens. And, you know, sometimes teenagers get into that stretch. And maybe you're a teen today listening, and you just say, my life's worthless. It's negative. I don't like it. Well, let me just say, give your heart to Jesus Christ. Get to thanking him for forgiving you. Stay focused on him and ask God to give you daily the joy of the fruit of the Spirit. There it is, folks. And, and, and you know, it, that's a great thing. I mean, it's a great thing to stop and, and, and pray to our Lord. You know, one of the things I do every day is, you know, I, I call it walking with God. But the first thing I listen to is our podcast to make sure everything was all right. There were no major gaffes. I'm not getting a lot of phone calls that day. And, and then I go right into God's Word. And I listen to the Bible, and I pull it up at the same time I'm listening to it. I'm reading it. And it, when I plug into God... Uh, a miraculous thing takes place in my life. Mm. I go from that guy who woke up, who took a couple ibuprofen that day because I fell down the stairs two weeks ago and still haven't got over it. I go from that guy who, uh, you know, is wondering, you know, am I going to get my inserts for my shoes soon? I go from that guy who's worried about the bills, who's worried about a piece of land I'm looking at. I, I, I go from that guy to the joyful person. I go from misery mm-hmm. and yeah. dread. Yeah. I, 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 go, I, I go from despair when I plug into God. I really do. And, and I think the fruits of the Spirit, and you were just talking about that, Pastor, and, and your mom was joyous or jolly, and I love the term someone who's jolly. I, I love that term. I can't wait to meet her in heaven. I, mm-hmm. That's a great term yeah, for someone. Boy, if someone calls me jolly, I, I'm happy with that. And, uh, and, but I'm thinking your mom had to be plugging into God. I mean, she had to, there's, there's something that was propelling that jolliness. Yeah, as a young lady, she received Christ, and though she had a tough life, yeah. circumstantially. Yeah. I mean, we went through the Depression, and you say, were you born that 1930s? No, the Depression in Texas in the 1950s, and we were in poverty. Wow. Literal poverty. She had six children within about 10 years. Mm. she bore six children and trying to feed them and take care of them. But she had a joy in the Lord 
And I just thank God for that. And it makes me want to have that now in my years of adult life. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, there's so many people that would look at having six children in 10 years as, and, and they'd be the ones in despair saying, how in the world am I going to support them? How am I going to do this? And I guarantee you the joyous, jolly lady saying, thank you, God, for these six gifts. Yep. And, uh, and God, thanks for providing for us today. Yep. You, yep. you know, some of the poorest people I knew in the Army from a financial standpoint were some of the most joyous. Because by the end of my career, the last 12 or 14 years in the Army, I was saved. And, uh, and so my crowd were all the people who hung around me who came to my office, the people want to hang around with this art major. And when you're a Christian Sergeant major, the Christians come to hang around with you. Cause there's not a lot of options out there. You're like the only Sergeant major on post that's generally saved. And, uh, and, and I can tell you some of the people I met that these privates who were eating macaroni and cheese and I was there, you know, Debbie and I were there when we first got married, we weren't joyful. We weren't saved at that time. But there's a great joy of looking to God and say, God, you got this. No matter what my circumstances are, you know, no, no matter, uh, you know, Joseph was a prosperous man. I've said that a hundred times on here, but it's important we say that because he didn't even own his own body. And, and so it's important that we look back and say, God, in whatsoever state I'm in, right? Back to the book of Philippians, the book of joy. Uh, you know, I found contentment. I find contentment there. I find uh, just because I get to serve you, God. And isn't that where joy is coming from? I mean, isn't that the whole deal here? Yeah, rejoice in the Lord, not in the circumstances. Yeah. It's in the Lord, who he is and what he's done for us. You know, and if they're, if, if I'm paranoid and they're bad-mouthing me and stuff, you know what I do now? And they're probably not. Again, the devil's shooting at me every single day. He's shooting at every one of us. I just smile at everybody now. You know, I remember someone said, uh, it wasn't that long ago, I went to a restaurant. I went to this uh, veterans meeting, I don't know, five, six years ago. I was at a church. You know, that's the thing about preachers. We do so much. <laughs> the years go by so quickly. But I, I remember somebody made the comment, here comes a Jesus freak. <laughs> Boy, did that make me happy. <laughs> You're identified with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, boy, they could call me a lot worse than that. Here comes a big dumb guy. Here comes a guy who had his face smashed. Here, here comes a guy who was in the Army. You know, but to say, here comes a Jesus freak. Yeah. Boy, that made me happy. Yeah. I, I, I was like, boy, that, you know, what an identification that, that that was. And Folks, you know, we keep on coming to the end of these, but I want to give Pastor one minute, as we say, just to give us some ideas on how to hang on to that fruit. The fruit of the joy, brother, the fruit of the spirit of joy. Yeah, I, you've already brought out, it, Brother Carriger, that you need to be in the Word every day. Yeah. Okay, this book is a book that brings joy to the heart, and it brings our focus. So uh, I, I've already mentioned Thanksgiving, developing a thanks list. Yeah. Psalm 103 is a thanks list of the psalmist. He says, soul, get to blessing God. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of thy benefits. And he gives a list, and he, he's going through that. And so get a thanks list, stay in the word, and every time you recognize God's grace, right then recognize God and give praise to him for who he is or give thanks for what he's done for you. That would be a good start for this Thanksgiving and what I do on every Thanksgiving, I try to go through the first chapter of every one of Paul's epistles and list the things that Paul was thankful for 
and rejoice my heart in them. So I would encourage you, Romans 1, you know, 1 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 1, you know, all through those epistles of Paul, note every time he gives thanks. Yeah, isn't that great, folks? And stir your heart in the things that Paul was thankful for. Boy, I love that. Hey, folks, I know we had to run real quick today, but we sure do love you. If we can do anything to help you, make sure you look for us at Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Send me a message at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We sure do love you. Come back tomorrow. We're still in the fruits of spirit. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, base that turkey. Do whatever. Soak it. I don't know. Brine it. Do what you got to do. We love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.